Aaron, let's start here. Um, we're blessed in Calgary, I think, fair to say, that it is a speed skating city, that it is a speed skating community in, in Canada. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, well, there's two like national training facilities in Canada for speed skating. Uh, the national team for short track speed skating, which is what I do, actually trains in Montreal. Okay. And then for long track speed skating, uh, they train in Calgary. So, okay. uh, you know, Gilmore Junior, who's from Calgary, uh, Olympic 500 meter, we'll see him every day. He's around the university, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, and we get to see him all the time. Okay. So you're a short track guy. Mm-hmm. So is the Calgary Speed Skating Association both disciplines or is it one? It's both. So okay. uh, we'll find at a younger age, um, training on a short track ice is just uh, it's more appropriate for younger kids. Sure. Um, basically, you can, you can see what they're doing and it's... Uh, uh, just easier for the kind of drills they want to learn. And then when they get older, they, they tend to specialize later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, even I did both disciplines for a little while uh, after only doing short track. And then when I got a little bit older, I decided, okay, I want to train short track full time. Okay. But Calgary Speed Skating does both, um, especially for those kind of middle-aged kids who are around 13 years old. So we want right. to do a lot of both. Right. Um, easy to get involved in? Is it a, a difficult choice? How did you How did you find your way to the sport? Well, I've been in it since I was four years old. I've been in it for about 15 years now, okay. so uh, I've always kind of been in it. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to get into it. Um, so one way, you know, a lot of people have family connections that get them into it. It's what happened to me. Yep. Um, I remember when I was coaching in Lethbridge, uh, a really common one is to be a hockey skater decides, okay, I know I'm a pretty fast skater. I want to try getting really good at speed skating for, for one year, and I'm going to go back to hockey. I'm going to be the fastest kid on the ice. And generally, they, they don't go back to hockey. They stay in speed skating is what I've noticed. Okay. Um, so that's one way. Or just, you know, you want to get into it later on. That happens as well. I coach the master's group next group. is like, you know, 30 and above. I, it's like a 78-year-old, I think, I had on ice with me last year. That was super awesome. But right. that much everybody, it's pretty easy to get into. It's, it's really difficult to master. It's a very technical sport. But yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good for, for everyone. It's like kind of unique, uh, you know, sport to try. So does that... I just want to go back to that that theory you talked about. A hockey player says, oh, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was growing up, the big fad was power skating. Mm -hmm. That was usually a former figure skater was teaching power skating. Yeah. Does that work or is that just theory? Um, it works. So, yeah, power skating is put on by Skate IA, which is yeah. uh, the figure skating organization. I remember when I was younger, uh, I would have to explain to people what speed skating was, and they would ask me, like, oh, what are you like? Well, I'm a speed skater. Like, oh, are you doing that as, like, cross-training? Is that, like, power skating? They're like, oh, no, it's not. Right. It's not quite the same thing. And it, it does work. Um, and if you're wanting to get faster at skating, you know, speed skaters are probably the ones you want to talk to, right? It's the most efficient yeah. um, movement on skates. Um, so we've had some kids that split between figure skating and speed skating or split between hockey and speed skating. Right. And they do, they just become better skaters they as do, well eh? as okay. um, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, you know, it's always an opportunity to, to stay in speed skating too because it's a very welcoming community. So, Is it an easy sport to begin? It, it, you mentioned it's technical. Like mm-hmm. it always strikes me as being, you know, very precise and, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously the individual sports tend to be that way. But is it an easy sport to, to get into? I'd say it is. Um, so I wouldn't say it's like hard to master. Well, the Olympic speed skaters are going 60 kilometers an hour. It's like the fastest unassisted sport, right? Right. And it's really, really hard to do that. But to, to learn how to skate and how to um, be in a f- more efficient, more technical position. It's something that everybody can do. And it's not like, you know, like gymnasts where like if you're not flexible, mobile, mobile enough, you just can't do it. Speed skating, everybody can, can get into. And it's, it's, it's a really like, fun community. Like, um, I found it's very welcoming, especially if you're looking at other sports, maybe uh, don't have the same energy. We really try to include everybody, you know, if you're doing it, well, why don't your, why don't your siblings do it? They can, you know, all have a fun time. Right. 
So let's talk about the two disciplines. We'll, we'll first start with, with long track. Okay. Um, how does one find them st- themselves getting involved in that sport? Do you just make the decision, okay, I'm going to try that, or is there an evolution to becoming a long track speed well, skater? they're pretty different. So um, we, we call them the two disciplines of, of speed skating. Yeah. Um, you could commit, consider them different sports entirely yeah. even. I, uh, I so, think so, some do. Yeah, yeah, so for long track, it's uh, very much an individual sport. Yeah. Um, it's you and one other person are competing against each other, and you're in separate lanes. Um, just like a running race, you don't interact in any way. Where a short track is the more fast-paced one where uh, you're uh, interacting with people directly. There's a little bit of contact. There's uh, like rules and stuff around that as well. Where you there's strategy, there's tactics, yeah. there's a little bit of contact. Long track is more so if you're doing it for yourself. You're racing against yourself more so than the other person, trying to get the best time you possibly can. Short track's all about placing, where it's about how do I outsmart this person, how do I set up a better pass, and then that kind of thing. So when, again, back to the long track for a second, and this is just an observation, but my sense would be that as much as you're on the ice, you're probably training off the ice as well, Mm -hmm. right? Is it it kind of, is that what it would encompass? Yeah. Well, we've had a a Canadian long tracker, um, well, her name escapes me, it really shouldn't, uh, and she competed in both the Summer and Winter Olympics, and she was the first Canadian athlete to do that, where she was a long tracker, and then mm-hmm. she also did uh, cycling, because we used to do so much cycling as cross-training as a long yes. tracker, yep. that they ended up doing both. Um, at lower level, for both disciplines of speed skating, uh, the best cross-training, or the best training you can do is as much cross-training as you can. For somebody who's, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, um, to make the best speed skater is just to make the best athlete. So you want them to do, even if like three, four, five different sports in a year, they're going to be the best athlete they can be, rather than trying to specialize in something so early. What about costs for, for somebody getting into it for the first time? Because it's a different skate, right? It's a different skate. Um, so for Calgary, uh, you want a pair of skates. We'll lend you a pair for the year for like pretty cheap like we can we set people up like my boots when because i still compete myself Mm -hmm. my boots costed me uh i think about two grand and that's like pretty expensive somebody getting in they can do basically nothing they get to try it and then it's not until they start getting higher level of a competition you need actually need to do that because like the boots that i have the reason they're so expensive is because they're so firm they have no give to them at all so when i'm trying to hold you know a 50 kilometer an hour turn yeah it's not going to give out on me but when yeah. you're just learning you don't need that kind of stuff you mentioned that you, you were working with a, a speed skater who was in their 70s yeah so and, and i hate to use this but i i use it all the time is there such thing as beer league spear, uh, speed skating is there kind of you know a recreational can i just you know, without having to try to qualify for the Olympic team, can I get into speed skating? Yeah, there is that. And I think right now there's not enough of it. I'd, I'd okay. like to see more. And um, we le- recently had the Alberta Speed Skating's AGM where they're talking about new ways to try to get people, um, let's say, over the age of 15 and they don't want to compete, like, at a super high level, but they still want to skate. They still want to, you know, have fun. and They want to do actual races. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to have more of that coming in the future. But, yeah, it's still there. Definitely for training, there's there's a lot for you where you can train on a team that's not um, expecting you to, you know, trying to make certain qualifications. It's just you're doing it for fun, you're doing it for yourself. Uh, and we're hoping that in the future there's going to be more races for that kind of stuff as well. What's the time commitment like for a young athlete that wants to get involved? Um, how young? Well... Good question. How young do they enter the sport? So I entered at four years old. Yes, um, you, you told me that. Yeah, that's and true. For, for me, that's like that's the earliest. Like I think I've heard of like one or two three-year-olds. Okay. On the ice. Yeah. But if you're doing that, let's say you go in once a week and you just go in for an hour, and that's that's all you do. And then the idea is, as you get older, you slowly ramp up more and more and more. And the 
big thing is if it's fun to do more, then do more. Um, yeah. So if you decide, okay, this year I did one competition, next year I'm going to try to do two. And then you do two and you're like, okay, well, I don't just want to do three, I want to try to do four. Sure. And then eventually, uh, if you're 12, 13 years old, you might be doing something like 10, 12 competitions in a year. And that's, that's a pretty big time commitment. And it actually starts going the other way after that, where for me, I'm a high-performance athlete, I only do about three major competitions a year and I do a bunch everything else is just training okay um, so you starts off just at once a week would be right. you just, you just doing a skate and then at my level I train twice a day every day um, more more training than like a varsity athlete would probably do so Aaron when you you started for my assumption is you're also doing other things right you're playing mm-hmm. we talked about cross training before but you were playing other sports at that time yeah um, so I think I was a little bit different I um, sort of came up from a fitness angle I decided, decided I wanted to just exercise in these sports so I did a lot of running on my own when I was younger I don't really know why I loved to run I did baseball for about six years I think okay uh, and I did soccer as well. It's just other stuff and school sports. Sure. So I, sure. I did a decent amount. I wish I did more. Um, I feel like I'm actually catching up on that now, which is something I really wish I did more of when I was younger. I wish I got to try a bunch of new, yeah. different sports. So uh, last year, my team, again, we're like a, a high performance, you know, trying to make the national team. And we're do, we did 10 weeks of capoeira last year, uh, like Brazilian dance fighting. And it's it's... It's crazy, right? You wouldn't yeah, necessarily yeah. think that. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's cool because we're thinking, well, you're in really like... Um, unconventional, unconventional like uh, body positions, which is the true for speed skin as well. And I had never done like an activity where I have to be like standing on my hands or like doing flips or that kind of stuff. So to try to start doing that stuff, where I'm trying to teach myself the physical literacy mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that kind of stuff, I feel like oh, I wish I did this stuff when I was younger even more. Yeah. Um, where like I feel like speed skating is a similar opportunity, but it was one of the only ones that I had where um, it is a different body position, which is really good. But I wish I did more. So how did okay? So how do you how did you get there to where you're doing you know Brazilian dance fighting? My my coach, uh, she actually is a really unique background. She's very cool. She at a young age decided that she wanted to be like a professional coach, not even a professional athlete. So she's barely competed in speed skating. Okay, but she knew she wanted to be a speed skating coach from a young age and trained for it. Um, so she's a high-level speed skating coach, all of, also a high-level Pilates instructor, yeah, okay. um, which lends himself well. And she does a little bit of yoga stuff, too. And then she just decided, no, oh, well, I'll try this capoeira stuff. And she did it. And then she realized, oh, this is very applicable for what we're doing. And even the tactical side of that, um, where it's about you're seeing people's body position, where they're giving little tells about what they probably want to do next. You're supposed to predict that and move ahead of that. Um, we were like, oh, that's really good for what we do. So we tried it, and it was fun. And the big part of it is that it was just fun. It was just, you got to do something during, during your off-season. Right? Like, there is no real off-season. And it was just a, a fun, useful thing to do. So could you, but Aaron, could you connect it then to, to you know, back to your sport? Did you, fun, did you benefit from it? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, is on, for me, and this is, again, high-level stuff, not really for your younger kids, um, very specific... Um, Microcontrol of core muscles, yep. where I want to use a very particular part of my lower abdomen in a certain way uh, to hold myself in an unreal position that sure. like people shouldn't be able to do, right? And a lot of that was in capoeira, where it's you know you're trying to do a let's say a cartwheel in slow slow motion, the slowest it can be, yeah. and then if you're trying to do a push in the corner for as long as it can be, and you have to hold uh, so much of your, like, your hip position in a way that you're off the ice for so long. It ended up being like a pretty similar motion, um, even though like, they're kind of different muscle groups. It's just a similar mental state. See, but to me, th- I wish we heard more of this. Yeah. Because 
early, I, I mean, I beat this drum all the time. Early specialization to me is the death of recreational sport. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, taking a kid at 10 and saying, all you're going to do is play this one sport. And here we have a high-performance athlete saying, I did something so crazy and bizarre, which absolutely impacted it. Yeah. And I wish more coaches were like your coach. I wish more coaches said, okay, we're done. We're going away from ours, and we're going to go do something else. Because it absolutely, and I don't care what level, mm -hmm. that is a benefit. Yeah, See, that reminds me of uh, oh, uh, Jacques Thibault. He worked with the Canadian team. He wrote a book about working with the Special Olympics team for, for speed skating. Yeah. And now he actually works for the Chinese national team for long track. Uh, or I think long track, maybe both. Um, and he wrote this book about uh, setting expectations for Special Olympics athletes, but it also applies to early education for, for kids, where it's an idea of like telling a kid the whole 10,000 hours spiel, like, mm. oh, if you put 10,000 hours in, then you'll master it. It's not useful for kids. No. And he's saying, what he's saying instead is um, 30 hours, where it takes 30 hours to learn a skill. Yeah. Where if you do something for, uh, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, for a month or two, you can get a new skill that you can learn for your whole life. Um, and, you know, we don't get these up every day. So let's say sure. you do a year or something, you go an hour a day or uh, once a week and you get to learn a new skill and it's something you can use for the rest of your life. You know, uh, we have kids coming in from Syria and they never skated before, they never seen a hockey rink before and they come in and they can learn how to skate. Yep. And that's really important for when there's, you know, there's free skates, there's those kind of services available for everybody, but not everybody can use them right now. Right. And that stuff's like really, really useful. So I think the idea of telling someone like, oh, you need to grind something to become the best in the world at it, it's just not useful for no, kids. No, it, it isn't. Um, all right, I want to talk about your sport. Let's talk, because short track, I, I, I remember the first time I saw it and I was absolutely blown away by it. Mm -hmm. Because it was not long track. It, no, it's it was, so different. It is so different. <laughs> it is so much fun. It's a spectator sport. It has its roots in roller derby. I don't care what anybody says. If somebody's old enough to remember roller derby on TV, <laughs> that was the first thing. What was the attraction for you? Um, so what's always fun to say is like talking about which one, short track to long track, is mm. faster. Where like if you look at the a speedometer... Uh, long track's a faster sport. They go about 60 kilometers an hour. Right. The fastest short trackers go about 50. Right. But short track is so much faster paced. And right. it's, you're in a like, much smaller ranks, much tighter turns. And then there's a, a, almost a communicative element to it that I really like, where if you're competing against somebody, uh, trying to predict what they're doing and reacting to it, there's a, a level of communication there where there, it's almost like a conversation or dance, something like that, where you're you're getting a response for what you're doing. And then at a really high level, that kind of stuff's very interesting. You can come out of a race, you can win or lose. You like did some crazy stuff and you guys uh, had like awesome passes and stuff. And that was a really fun race. Um, where long track, you know, it, it's cool, but once you've seen a long track race. <laughs> well, especially uh, the longer distances, right? Oh yeah. The, the longer distances tend to be chess matches. Yeah. And there seems, is there more adrenaline, do you think, in short track? For sure. It's more, it's more of a, like, I'd say short track, it kind of leans in on the more extreme sport um, yeah, angle. Yeah. Uh, more so at high level than short. Like, uh, lower level, is not really a whole lot of danger there. But, um, you know, I know how, how many concussions my teammates have had. And it's not as bad as, like, uh, a lot of team sports. But sure. it's, it's more so than... But it's prevalent. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have to... Get, the one thing I've always wondered about, for, especially since I get to talk to a high-level athlete, is you have to have a short memory, don't you? Because in the sense of something can go wrong in, you know, in, in a race, and especially in the team stuff where you're just part of a team, you have to have that ability to, to compartmentalize and put things behind you, don't right. you? Right. I think a good example of that would be the Hungarian uh, relay team. Mm. They have won multiple relays where they had a fall, um, where 
for the most part, if you fall in a race, the race is over for you. And sure. That's, that's how it goes. But we always tell kids, like, no, there's a chance still. You have to learn how to get up very quickly and how to, how to keep going yeah. because it's important. And in a solo distance, it's very rare where you'll have a 1,500 meter where if you fall early enough, you can sprint to catch back up. And then you can just, before the pace picks up because the tactical racing starts slow, mm-hmm. um, you can get back on the pack. For a relay, because you're switching off who's going so many times, it's like it's 5K, it's a, it's a longer distance. If somebody falls, if you're really good at your uh, what's called coverage, which is basically if somebody falls to the side, um, the person who's not going next, person going after them, is already supposed to be covering them and winding up to tag off with them so they can get right back into it right away. The Hungarians, they've won, I think, two relays where they've had a fall and still came first, um, which is like very impressive by them. Uh, <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what drives you? What, what keeps you moving forward in it? What keeps you, what's the love for you, the hook? Uh, I think like super, it sounds bad, but a lot of people love the pain. Uh, long trackers and short trackers too, they experience the most, I think the most lactic acid out of any sport, which just means there's the most burn in your legs okay. in sport. Because you can imagine short track where you're going around the corner Every stride you do is like a 300-pound single-leg squat, right. and you're doing that for a full minute, it burns. And you're doing your capacity training where you're trying to get as much as you can. Um, it hurts, and you, you kind of start to miss it if you take a little bit of time off. I think, I think most of the top guys feel that. And then you get that, and then finally the reward for that is the speed you get, where you really get to feel it, where if you set up a really awesome pass and you do it at top speed, yep. it is the craziest like feeling it feels so good especially multi-passes if you've um seen some of the korean uh maybe um uh, lim hyo jun he's a korean 1500 meter specialist you'll see him do some passes where it's a setup where you don't see a gap there right but then suddenly you'll notice that they're going uh in and around every which direction and you pass like three people in one corner and you have to break it down and see how they did it if you can do that yourself it's like the best feeling Tell me a little bit about the Calgary Speed Skating Association. What do we need to know? Who, wh- wh- when can people get involved? What's your season like? That sort of thing. Well, you can get involved anytime. Okay. And that's with our new, uh, new technical director. We've got some new staff coming in the last few years, including myself. I actually was a Lethbridge coach until I, until I moved here for full-time training. Um, and you can come in anytime. Right now, there's no ice. We'll be getting ice, uh, I think, in like a month or so. But we're still doing training three times a week for people who want it or less if they don't want it. Where we're doing uh, off-ice stuff. You can come in. You can try a session for free pretty much anytime during the cool during the winter. Just go online and uh, you'll search up Calgary Speed Skating. We'll have something there. We want to always you know, be super welcoming to people who want to try it. People come in. If you just want to give it a go, try speed skates. Just you know, see, what it ha- see what it's like to have a pair of speed skating boots on. Absolutely. Just come on and we'll We'll set something up because it's a lot of fun to try. What's the website? Uh, I think it's calgaryspeedskating. Can I check? We can Google it. We'll yep. Just Google. That's, yeah. that's the answer to everything. Just yeah. Google it. Cal- yeah. Just Google Calgary sure Speed Skating like Association. Calgary speed skating. And there's actually, there's actually two speed skating clubs is there? In, in Calgary. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So I put calgaryspeedskating.ca is us. Okay. And I believe the other one is Calgary Grizzlies, okay. um, which is. Uh, you could say a sister club to us. Okay, they just, actually just they, want people involved. Yeah, they they train in um oh what's the the new YMCA uh, Rocky Ridge? Yes. Yeah, they train they train them there. Okay, um, and a little bit same facilities as us as well. Perfect. And they they're awesome there too. 